Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur podcast. I am so excited to have today's guest on with us. Danielle Mitchell is a genius when it comes to helping service-based entrepreneurs create a digital product, and she is a marketing and social media strategist. Thank you for being here, Danielle. I know we're going to have a lot to talk about. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I was reading your bio and I'm just amazed by everything that you've accomplished and how you got started. So I'd love for you to tell the listeners a little bit more about you and your story. I love marketing. I'm one of those people that I went to school for marketing. I went to the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana and studied business, marketing, and management. And then I interned at L'Oreal USA in New York. And then I worked for four years with Coca-Cola in different areas. So I started in Orlando, Florida, then moved to Miami, Florida, and then ended my tenure in Atlanta, Georgia. And Atlanta is where I started my brand. So my brand is Average Black Girl. And once I got the notion that I was going to really dive into this full time, I decided to move back to Chicago and stay with my parents while I grew. So that is one of the key, I guess, proponents to my story. You can't do it on your own. Like some women have husbands, some women have families, like you do need money to make money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so for me, I took out my pension at my 401k, my pension with Coca-Cola, it was about $5,000. And then I was like, okay, you're either going to flip it or go back to work. And what we do is we help people, service-based businesses, particularly, we help people create marketing collateral. And so when we talk about marketing collateral, we mean websites and social media templates, but also things that you can sell. So think of courses, masterclasses, think of webinars, also think of journals, planners, workbooks, and coloring books. So if you are a therapist, you may want a stress relieving coloring book, or if you are an accountant, you may want to have a course on QuickBooks and you may want to have a financial planner to go with it. So we help you to figure out how you can grow your business. That is awesome. And I feel like digital products, especially for a lot of our listeners, they are so much easier to have as a portion of your business and a revenue stream that it can be passive once it's created and set up. So I really love that you help create that too, because I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is maybe figuring out what to create and then actually creating it in a way that's going to be successful. I always tell people, think of the you five years ago. That's who you're creating your products for. Because a lot of people get so caught up because they're like, it's never perfect or it's not good enough. And you know what? Unless it's a journal or a planner or a coloring book where you can use it Don't matter if you can use it now, five years from now, five years ago, 10 years from now, those are 
things that are easier to make and be done because there's blank lines, like the end user fills it out. But a lot of people get caught up in these workbooks and courses because they feel like I'm not giving enough. And you're right. For the you currently, there's nothing that you can teach yourself because you already know everything. But the thing about the you five years ago, what do you wish that you would have known? What do you wish somebody would have told you, showed you, given the example? That is what you want to do. Um, if you're also kind of caught up and don't know how to move forward to complete your project, think about what is the transformation that you're guaranteeing. Once you figure out where you want to take them, whether it be from A to B or from A to Z, right? Everything doesn't have to be this massive, huge like transformation. If you're going to be able to tell me, hey, you want to sell watercolor pictures on Etsy, I'm going to show you the technique that's going to sell that people want to buy. I'm going to show you where you can buy your materials. I'm going to show you how to price it. I'm going to show you how to upload and create an Etsy store. If you're guaranteeing that by the time I'm done with the course, that I'm going to know all those things, that's the transformation. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be something super crazy. It doesn't even have to be something that you went to school for. You know, there's courses on knitting and crafting and so many things that you don't have to go to school for. But if you are your niche, then you're good. And one last thing is that everybody, you know, is a genius in your own right. Think about what people ask you about all the time. What kind of tasks do you do at work that may be in your work description or outside of it? You know, what are people saying? Hey, you're really good at that. That is what you can sell. What is your thought when somebody wants to create a digital product, but is in their head about the level of competition for what they're wanting to create? Competition is a good thing, right? Competition means that in your industry, it's already been proven that people want it. I always think about the beauty industry. I hear that all the time. Oh my God, the beauty industry is oversaturated. And so what? <laughs> so what if it's oversaturated? That just means that lipstick isn't going out of sale anytime soon. Shampoo, conditioner, makeup, none of that is. So you can get a piece of that pie, right? Your goal isn't always to dominate. Every now and then we'll have those like Rihanna and Kylie that totally dominate the industry, but you can have a piece of the pie and still be profitable because that's the goal. Your goal is to be in the black. <laughs> you don't want to be in the red. Mm -hmm. And then your goal is to grow year after year as you build your own community, which people are doing it. People are doing it on TikTok, Instagram, or just in their own in-person real life community, as long as you're able to attract like-minded people, people will buy. Just because I may have my MAC lipstick doesn't mean if I see someone that I engage with that I like, I'm not going to support you as well. And that's the beauty of having these products. Same thing as digital and physical. Just because I bought a course on Facebook advertising from someone doesn't mean that if you start and you're talking about something different, you're talking about how to create ads, I'm not going to buy that too. Because one may be talking about the Facebook ads manager and the metrics, and one may be talking about design aspect. What is your niche? How are you going to differentiate yourself? You also have to think as we are growing as a society, there are new people starting their journey. And whatever you're talking about, for us, it would be your entrepreneurial journey. But if you are in fitness, it might be their health journey, their fitness journey. They may be going through different seasons where they just had a baby or they just had surgery or something like that. And so 
there's new people coming into whatever you're selling and that's who you want to get a hold of. And there's enough. So I think that one, you got to work on that abundance mentality. It happens, mm-hmm. right? And it is something that's going to take you to the next level, knowing that regardless of where I'm at, there are people that are going to want my product, want my service. I really love how you worded that. <laughs> that is such a positive spin on it. Um, how people can get in their head and negative about the level of competition and how it might be impossible for them to break into the market with their product. But I do, I feel the same way that there's so many people starting every day where you were at five years ago, that there's always going to be a market. And if there's already products out there that are really successful, that just means that there is a huge need for it. Exactly. Just the situation that happened this week, that is, I'm going to share, that's just all about having that positive mentality to keep you going. So I use different designers for different stuff because my goal in 2021 is to definitely work less in my business and more on my business. I want to grow. I want to scale. And so with scaling means hiring people and people have a love-hate relationship with hiring people. The scarcity mindset would be like, it's not easy to hire people and you really want to stick with who you mesh with. And although it is true, you do want to, you also need to be realistic. And so I have a one designer who I love and she's a little bit overwhelmed. And so I knew that I needed to start hiring and identifying who else I could bring on the team as I'm getting more work. And so I had to have a conversation with myself first. Do I want to go back to doing a lot of the designing? Yes or no? And I was like, no, this is not what 2021 is about. That's your first mentality. Let's just go back to what we knew before. Okay, let me get down here and start helping you as well. And Mm -hmm. let's just like knock it out. And it's like, no, I don't want to do that. That's not where I'm supposed to be right now. I really want to grow and scale this business. And that just means I need another person to be a part of it. After my little minor freak out, I was like, you know what? I'm going to find a designers that fit my style. I'm going to find plentiful. There are lots of people that want to work with me. I went on Upwork, made a job description. I I posted on Facebook and Instagram so that people could DM me. I even called some of my other friends that are in the industry, like, hey, you know any designers we're looking? And I've like have literally interviewed at least six people in the last 24 hours. I had to turn it around. I had, I called a friend, I vented for real quick. And then they were like, okay, now what you going to do? And I'm like, you're right, let's go. <laughs> and I'm able to have a good week, right? Like it's Wednesday and things are good. I'm testing out one now with one project and I closed out one on my own and we're back on track. That same mentality, if I didn't have it, I could be wallowing. I could have canceled this podcast because it's just too much going on in the world right now. I'm just having a day. Like there's so many ways that you could have allowed one situation, which needs to happen, right? Like growing is not a bad thing. Scaling is not a bad thing. That means that things are going well, but the unknown is scary. Having that that right mentality is going to let you get to the next stage faster, smoother, and with a good mindset. I feel like everything entrepreneurship related, like whether it's marketing or creating products, like mindset is such a huge piece of everything. And it doesn't matter what level of business you are at, it's going to come up all the time. It's an ongoing process mindset. You could have said, jump back into your business, like you said, and had to do all these things. And then you would have got burnout doing 
all the client work and you would have maybe had to say no to other opportunities. So I love that you took a moment to say like, okay, now what am I going to do about it? (laughs) (laughs) So what would you say is your top advice for somebody who really struggles with marketing and just creating a marketing strategy for their business? So one, let's talk about consistency. That's more important than perfectionism. That's more important than anything. You have to show up consistently if you want to really make an impact and reach people that you don't know. Yes, word of mouth is the number one marketing strategy. That's how people close. But you don't want to be in a situation where you are always relying on those type of people and that's it. That's not okay especially if you want to grow in this digital space. So you want to post daily and it doesn't even have to be you. If you're one of those people like I'm too overwhelmed, then hand it off to someone else, but your account needs to show up daily. I know with TikTok, people are saying that if you really want to make waves, you need to post two times a day, one time in the morning, one time at night and do that for a week and then keep going, right? Once you get the numbers, you'll, you'll see that that's what you want to do. But what you want to do regardless is you want to build connectivity. So what we call it in the marketing industry is building no like, and trust. You want to get people to know you. Basically similar to how we all feel like Beyonce is like our best friend in our head. But in reality, we know only what she's allowed us to see. That's how you want to be for your audience. You can show vulnerable stuff. You can show intimate things. You can be transparent without airing all of your dirty laundry. You Mm -hmm. could talk about how you maybe battle with self-esteem, but you passed it. You don't want to say, hey, I'm going through this right now. That's a little bit much. But once you've passed whatever you've done, you can share it. And it's going to be relatable to people. And you're okay with it, right? You don't have to say, well, I got cheated on and all this craziness. You can really talk about how this is how I dealt with a difficult boss or a difficult client um, without giving the details, but being relatable. And the next thing that you want to do is you want to build that like people buy from who they like. So when people see people being silly or showing their family or um, something like that, they'll be like, oh, my gosh, she's like so off brand. And it's like, no, she's showing that she's human so that you can like her and have a connectivity. And then lastly is the trust, right? People want to feel that if I give you money, it's not going to be a scam. I'm not going to get bad end of the stick and and things like that, which is why it's important for you to show social proof. Who have you worked with before? Show success stories or show what you've done to yourself because people want to know at the end of the day, what you've done, have you done it to yourself? Think about a makeup artist or think about a hairstylist. You want them to look put together if that's what their craft is. If you don't have your stuff together. I don't know if I'm going to trust you with my face or my hair. So people want to know that. Then people want to know what you've done. Have you done to someone else, which is that social proof. And then lastly, people want to just know, hey, if I give you my money, can I get the same result? Doesn't matter what you have to do in the back end. Can you give me the same result? That's all that people care about. The next thing that I wanted to discuss is what you want to do. So right now in 2021, Video is king. So if you're one of those people that don't like video, don't want to be in front of the camera, I don't know what to tell you because that's what's being pushed. So it's going to be really hard for you to do that. So like for a TikTok, you want to use trending video sounds. And if you don't like the sound, just make it really low. But you want to use them so that you still find in 
follow in the search bar. You want to use 30 second videos as well as longer ones, but the 30 second videos tend to get a lot more boost. You want to show value, right? Something that is engaging. Um, especially if you are a service-based business, you wanna show about yourself. And we can talk a little bit about that. Selling as a service-based business is different than a product-based business. For the product, you're selling like the lifestyle, you're selling the product. So the benefits, the transformation, how it makes you feel. For the service, you're selling you. What makes you the that expert in whatever you're trying to sell? You got to sell yourself plus the course or the product or whatever. That's a little bit of both, but it's it's different. Besides going daily, you want to then look at your analytics. I don't think a lot of people look at it. You want to know like, hey, who's following me? What is the demographic breakup? How are, are they connecting with me? And then surveys. I love surveying my audience. I don't think that there should be a product that you create that you're not sure people will want. So surveying your audience, whether that's on asking a poll on Facebook or Instagram or sending an email or doing even a focus group of some of your people that you are connecting with, you want to ask them, what are you looking for? What would you like to hear from me? What answers do you want to know about whatever topic you're talking about? People will respond. Another way, if you don't have a following just yet, you can go to your industry leaders and you can look in their posts and look at their comment section and see what kind of questions are people asking? What are they talking about? So again, having something that is new to you doesn't mean that it needs to be new to the industry. Because when it's not new to the industry, you know that there are people that want it. That is so true. I love everything you've said. I, I thought of a question as you were talking about that. So around doing market research, what are your thoughts on people doing a pre-sell strategy around their course or other digital products? I love a pre-sell. Pre-sales motivate you to finish it, right? There's ways around the pre-sell. So if it's a course, as long as you determine what are the steps, because that's the most important thing. What steps are we needing to do? What are your chapters? What are your sections? What does that look like? Once you're able to determine that, you can make a course and drip it. So you can have seven sections. You can do the first two, pre-sell it. And then as long as you're dripping it for a week each, so then you have 14 extra days until you have to get to the third one. So you can really pre-sell that way. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Another strategy that I've used is I will have a certain amount. So say that you want 15 reviews and then I'll give it to the first 15 for a super discounted rate in exchange for a review, or I'll give it to them for free in exchange for a review. Because again, people want to see if it's brand new, what is your social proof? Mm -hmm. And if you're brand new, what does that look like? And so sometimes it's just easier for you to just give it away so that you can go ahead and you can sell with those testimonials and things later. That's a great way to do it too, like with founding members. And even if you're building it out and dripping it, like getting feedback from them so that before your official, official launch, you can actually adjust things or add in a new lesson or something, depending on the feedback and reviews or testimonials that you get. Absolutely. We can't have such sensitive skin that we don't like feedback. That doesn't mm -hmm. work. They don't go hand in hand. You have to be in a situation where you're okay with your product and you stand by it, 
but you want to be open to receiving feedback. And so I liked creating feedback in an official way, having a survey, having people fill it out, having people be open and honest on what went well and what could have improved and things like that. Sometimes you'll hit at the park and sometimes it won't. Sometimes it's just that you're not targeting the right people. That's going to help you to figure out who is your target audience and where are they in their business or their journey? Where are they in their journey to whatever you're talking about? Because it can even be something like a dance class. If you're pushing or pitching your dance class to expert dancers, but in reality, it's really, really basic, you're going to have some feedback that's not going to be super happy. If you sent it to the basic people that are just starting off in dance, they would probably love it because it is slower paced and they can hang on to it. So sometimes it's not just what you created, but it's that you pitched it or targeted to the wrong audience. One thing I was thinking of was when I launched this podcast, I actually reached out and got a team of what I called my launch team of eight people that got to listen to the first three episodes before they were released. And then they submitted feedback through a survey form. And it was really helpful in knowing that the podcast was the right direction for me, that it was going to be helpful and successful to my target audience. So I love doing that. I think that it's important. Another thing that is super important is for people that are growing to have a goal of monthly getting into a different audience. So that can be publications such as the news and also different blog posts. Being a guest blogger or being posted on someone else's blog, that counts. Um, Going live with someone else, that counts because you're able to, to share their audience. Also speaking engagements, those count. So I tell people your goal should be two and two. So you want two speaking engagements, which can be a live or an actual speaking engagement, or you want to get two publications, which can be a blog, it can be a podcast, but you want to keep doing that because the goal is to get new eyes on existing products. And the only way to do that is for you to, again, break through to that next level. I love that. I'm asking this for myself, but I'm sure some people listening are in the same boat that are multi-passionate and want to create products for different topics and different ideal audiences. What is your advice around making sure you're creating things that are relevant to your main personal brand, but that are different audiences? Well, as you grow, and you really get to know your audience, you're going to have different audiences. Even if we're talking about, so I'm in Chicago, so even if we're talking about women between the ages of 25 and 35 in the Chicagoland area that went to a university, that's not good enough. Even if you say, I'm looking for African descent women, that's not good enough because One woman could be trying to have a hot girl summer and be a socialite. And that's her whole motivation for the clothes, working out and everything. And then another woman could be two years into her marriage, family planning, trying to get her body ready for conceiving and or just had a baby and is trying to get her body back. So they have two different goals for being healthy. That one health product could even if you're narrowing it down to like, okay, I got race, I got gender, I got education level, 
that's just what we call the demographic. The psychographic is what are their hobbies? What are their wants? What are their needs? What makes them tick? So from there, you're going to say, this is what her wants is, this is what her needs. And then this is my product and how my product solves that pain point. You may have two different ads for two different people. Now let's talk about bringing in white women into the mix. Well, white humor and black humor is a little different. So you might have two different ads, right? Same product, but you even within the white community, you may have one woman, same age, same demographic that again, one is family planning and one is more so being a socialite. So you're going to have to have a couple of different ads, a couple of different, like the way you're talking to people. And it may even be a couple of different covers. I have a planner called Her Business Planner, right? And so I have one that has cartoons. I made me a cartoon and then I have like my little sleigh squad. So they're like all these illustrators, really cute, of like different Black women in different business scenarios. People like that because it has a Black person on the the planner. That's not very, very often. But then I also made one same stuff on the inside. I just changed the colors and I changed the cover. The cover is like this marbly brown bronze one. And it's more of my older clients like that one. More of my diverse clients like that one. Because I knew what I was making it for. I'm not making one product for everybody. But I am very specific on what product is for what. That's so helpful. I think a lot of people who are multi-passionate struggle with that. I have so many different people I want to talk to and when should I talk to this person and that person, but I feel like there's definitely a way to make it streamlined in your marketing. And that's why I think it's also important to brand yourself because there's a lot of things that I do behind the scenes that I don't push. For my brand, Average Black Girl, we're talking about marketing collateral, but I'm also the project manager for the Womanish exhibit downtown, which is like this experiential sixth floor exhibit that has nothing to do with anything. And you can't find that anywhere on my social because for people that want the consultant part, they can either see my resume on LinkedIn, they can go to my personal website, or they can just be in me. We can take it from there. So you want to be specific, you want your brand to be profitable, but you can have multiple steps. So when I made my books that are on Amazon, I have a prayer journal. I have a manifestation journal. I have a weekly nutrition journal. Like I have so many different ones. They're for different people, but I branded them purposely under Danielle Mitchell and not under my business because I knew that, and this happens to a lot of people as your brand grows, so does your personal brand. I wanted to be known as a marketing strategist that can go anywhere. That can be be me taking on clients. I can get government contracts. There's a lot of things that I can do. But when you give people too many things under one business, they get confused. So that may just be you having to be at the point where you have your own personal brand and you're talking about what you can do. That may be you having an idea of wanting to talk to businesses on your own. There's nothing wrong with that. But then you have one brand that works for that. Because I feel the same way. I want to get into Airbnb and and renting out, having some corporate contracts underneath my brand. I want to get into supply chain and and trucking. And that has nothing to do with this marketing (laughs) part. And I keep them separate. That makes sense. So I'd love to hear, what is your personal favorite marketing method or platform that you use? For me, I really enjoy the reels or the TikTok videos. 
as well as the lives. Why I like them is because it forces you to create a quality content. So when you hop on a live, why do people like lives? Some people hate it, some people love it, but at the end of the day, it takes people seven times, and this is before social media really blew up, but marketing books will tell you it takes people seven times or seven touch points before they're ready to buy from you. And that could be they saw you on Facebook or social media, you saw them at an event, a friend recommended you, but that needs to happen seven times. You can speed that process up on social media and on Facebook by showing up often, right? If someone jumps on your live and asks you a question and you answer back immediately, they may be like, oh, you're my person. And now they're ready to go and it speeds up that process. Same thing with posting two times a day. That's narrowing down that seven point touch point where they're going to be able to buy from you a lot faster. So you want to come out and create products that or create content that comes with that. So for me, it's pushing me to come up with quality content. I'm being forced to teach, right? I'm being forced to give people quality information. And that is helping to close more deals. That's helping to sell more digital products. That's helping to sell more services. And that's helping me to be booked out, which is ultimately where I want it to be. I don't want to wake up every month and have a sales goal. I would like to be ahead of the sales goal. I'd like to be sold out or things like that, that look like me for that, for services. And then I'm just in the place of selling my digital products or selling my physical products, such as my books. That is where you want to go. And I also like it because that's what's being pushed. You got to evolve with the times. And it doesn't just help you to connect and build those relationships, but putting out the value packed content is also going to help your audience and who you want to help. And even if they don't want to work with you right away, you've helped them in some way with your content. So they're going to remember you later on. Exactly. And then for people that are new to marketing, I'm going to pay a marketing strategist. We're going to start. And then like day one, minute one, we're getting everything. And again, it's all about consistency. Whatever you decide you're going to do, whether that's posting a reel every day, going live, every Wednesday and Friday, whatever your thing is, do it for at least 30 days. For marketing, it's really hard to collect data for anything that's less than two weeks. If you do it for a week, it's really hard to tell like what is actually consistent and what was a fluke. So you have to do it for at least three weeks, but I would push you to do 30 days. From there, you want to determine, okay, I've done it, what's working and what's not. But you can only do that when you give yourself time for the strategy to work. Marketing is two ways. And most people think of this first way. The first way is the hunter method. We're out hunting. I see my target. It's a deer. I'm about to grab my gun. Boom. They're ready to go. And that's how a lot of people think before coming over marketing. But that's marketing. You give me the strategy. I should have all these people coming in with the hunter method. And that works maybe 30% of the time. 70% of the time, your marketing people that are going to come and buy from you, that are going to actually convert, are going to be more of the gatherer method. So think about you in a field of corn and you're harvesting your crops, but as you're consistently planting so that they're consistently growing. There isn't just one season. It's growing consistently over and over and over again, every week you're ready to gather and harvest more crops. That is how 
70% of your marketing clients are going to come to you or your clients through marketing. So knowing that mindset, that's why I say consistency is key because yeah, you can run an ad and you can do some of those faster methods, but you want to incongruent to that also have some consistent marketing because if you run an ad and I go check you out your Facebook page your Instagram page and I see that you haven't posted in like six months I don't know Mm -hmm. if I'm ready for it It looks kind of off and you do have to compete with these companies that are spammy like it's a lot of clothing companies that are super spammy that are from China here today gone tomorrow and so that has gotten people used to checking out Facebook pages And so people are going to do the same for you. Even though you may not be in that clothing industry, people still need to go and check you out just to make sure you are real. And this helps you to show that you are. You just gave the best analogy of marketing I have ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) That is so amazing to hear. And I hope people really latched onto that because it was so insightful. Thank you. I would love for you to share a little bit about the freebie that you have available that people can grab in the show notes and download. So I have two. The first one is my How to Make Money with Marketing Workbook. It's a short ebook. I believe that there are six pillars of marketing. So you're going to get introduced to my six pillars. And then the other one is how to monetize your business. So that could be your Facebook, your blog, and it's going to be a two-week email course where I'm telling you all types of tips and things to do so that you can start, whether that be working on your affiliate marketing or grabbing some affiliate programs and signing up, but we're going to help you to monetize. I'm all for passive income streams. Affiliate marketing was something that I got started with through my blog and I never really put any thought or time into it, like planning around it. I just threw in links where it made sense. And then once I started getting that passive income coming in every month, I was like, okay, this is a good additional revenue stream. I'm going to start putting some more thought into the details and how I'm going to promote these products and services that I already use through my affiliate links. Well, it's been so awesome to chat with you today. I hope everyone has loved this. I know (laughs) you've dropped so many awesome gems about marketing that this episode is going to be incredible for everyone listening. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And one other thing, I want you to just share with everyone where they can find you online as well. Absolutely. So on Instagram and TikTok, I'm at Danny So Fancy, D-A-N-I So Fancy. You can also reach me at DanielleAMitchell.com or on AverageBlackGirl.com. You guys can email me at Danielle at AverageBlackGirl.com and I would be happy to help answer any of your questions and things like that. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at introvertpreneur.com and at theterrorread.com, where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach, where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, 
drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.